You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We'll be talking about the Knicks and the Julius Randle situation. Obviously, his injury. Some people want to weigh in. That was from our previous segment. And, of course, we'll keep you updated, those of you who are listening and not, you know, watching or just, you know, doing some things, want to hang out with me. I will, of course, keep you updated on what's going on with the Baltimore and Kansas City. Baltimore uh, has is got the ball on offense right now. So we'll see what they do and how they're going to try to establish uh, the offense and obviously try to, you know, make a statement and move right down the field. So I, I would expect that they're going to try to run the ball early. I would expect that they're going to, you know, try to loosen up the defense, see what uh, Spagnuolo is going to do, and then, you know, take some shots down the field. That's the way Baltimore has been. And we get to the calls in a second. It is fascinating hearing our Ryan Clark talk about if indeed uh, Lamar Jackson does not win this game, it's a failure that's comparable to Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. It's a lot of pressure on that young man who really around the league, you would say he is without a doubt the MVP of the league this year because of his availability. 1-800-919-3776. Justice is in the Bronx. Justice, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you been, man? How's the family? Everybody's good, Justice. What's happening? How's your folks? Everybody, if, I wouldn't call you if they was bad, man. As long as your family's you. good, you're good, you know? That's for sure. I'll make, I make it real simple. Uh, football-wise, I got uh, 49ers and the Ravens going straight to the Super Bowl. That and everything been... you guys took, that, that, that's just my thought. I got but, you. So, the reason why I called you mm-hmm. is because I got really annoyed of the Anthony Mason phone call. You mm-hmm. can't compare Anthony Mason and Randall. That's just disgusting. Don Nelson put Anthony Mason to run the point. I don't know, but you you follow this, and I know you 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 know everything that you know, and you probably know more than me. But you, do you know when Anthony Mason was on the scene? Do you know he was the fastest runner on that team, mm-hmm. sprint to sprint, back and forth. Yeah, that's why Don Nelson was like, okay, you know what? I want a big man to run the point. Mm-hmm. So Randall's nothing compared, big and fast. No, I feel bad for Randall. He's doing great. He's getting better and better. I appreciate the kid. But that, that phone call, I'm surprised you. I know you got to be respectful, but I, me, I would have hung up. Like, okay. Well, no, 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 no. Now, Justice, you don't know me a number of years. You know I don't hang up on people because everybody no, has their no, opinion. No, no, respectfully, respectfully. I yeah, uh-huh. no, You know what I'm saying, Justice? Everybody's got their opinion. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Always good hearing from you. Everybody's got their opinion. And to, I think it was Jan and Yonkers, and to him, those are the people that came to his mind when he watched them. But that's why I said, listen, the late Anthony Mason, that handle was incredible for a man his size. Six seven could handle the ball, either hand, go to the basket if he wanted to. Lefty jumper was outstanding. Mid-range, could hit the three on occasion. So, no, everybody, everybody understands how great. And he didn't say that he was better than that Julius Randle was better than Anthony Mason. He just said that Randle reminds him of Mason and Oakley. And uh, listen, Randle has been, he's, he's a good player, all right? But if he could handle like Mace, please. It's a whole other conversation about Julius Randle. Bob's in Jersey. What's up, Bob? Yeah, hey, Larry. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. What's happening? Yeah, I want to talk about the uh, the, the 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 whole tip situation when it comes to taking people out. 
mm-hmm. and, and resting them and the whole routine. I mean, it, I, I'm a mid-60s guy. Uh, I'm not a young guy anymore. But when I played ball in the 70s and the 80s, bottom line is we're on a roll like the Knicks are on. I want in. Mm-hmm. Don't take me out. Because some of the question tips and say, hey, why why am I out? Why aren't I in? Why, why am I not playing? And, and the bottom line is that's the way these players still feel. It doesn't change generation after generation after generation. Bottom line is, hey, we're on a roll. Why, why not continue it? So when it comes to Julius Randle scenario, yeah, right, it, it's really not a great thing that he's not playing, but you know what? He's going to be out for a while, but I wouldn't have changed it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Bob. It, it is, and thanks for the phone call and that perspective. It is uh, fascinating because you question it because of the fact that he got injured, right? So you question it. Why was he still in? Why doesn't Tibbs pull his guys early? What is it? And everybody has their own coaching philosophy. And uh, whether it's because he didn't have a lot of faith in the bench, even though the bench played well yesterday, whether he's there's a mind, there's a time in his mind where he feels the game is over and done and, and another team can't come back and get on a run and try to make it closer, that you have to now try to reestablish your momentum and bring your guys back into the game. Uh, but it, it's been a criticism of his throughout. He has kept players in, and unfortunately for him, even though you could argue players could get injured at any time, but unfortunately for him, he's had players, starters, impact players get hurt because they were in the game at a time that most most coaches have rested their players and emptied their bench. And you're right, Bob, there is, there is a, you know, players don't want to come out all the time. Players love being in there. Players love the fact that we got a momentum. Players love being on the court, on the field, on the diamond, wherever it is. Players want to play. Players want to play. So you balance that out. Personally, uh, I'm from a person, I, I'm, my thought process is if there's two minutes, three minutes left in the game and we're up. 20, 25, I'm pulling my, I would say, let's pull the guys. Okay, let's pull the guys. We can bring, even if you want to keep some of the starters in, let's pull your main guys because you don't want to risk the injury bug at that point. So that would be, that's my process there. That's my thought process. But once again, you know, it just, it happens. And it didn't have to happen on that play. It could have happened on another play. It just happened at that time. And so now you're out. And the the only thing I will say is that uh, we're not sure what the injury, how severe, severe the injury is. We'll find out eventually, maybe sometime tonight or early tomorrow. The Knicks are on the road. They're in Charlotte in the game. You can hear right here on 9870 ESPN starting at seven pregame at six 30. Uh, if it had to happen, now's the time because it's early. It's not March, April. It's not during the playoffs or right before the playoffs like last year when he had the ankle. 
that affected his performance, it's early. Now, if he's not there, is it going to affect where you might be, you know, wins and losses? We'll see. The schedule's a little easier for them right now. So that's a positive for them. But whether he's there or not, they still have to produce. And so now the challenge is for the guys that haven't gotten a lot of playing time. There's going to be some guys who will get more playing time that's going to be asked to do more things. It's, you know, you hear it all the time. Next man up. Okay, so whether it's Josh Hart, whether it's Precious Achua, whether it's whoever it is, next person up. Okay, we need you. You have to produce in the minutes we give you. Now, the other side of it is, what does this do from the front office standpoint? And here's the other thing. Once people find out the severity or even just wonder about the severity of Randall's injury, now the price that you want to get, let's say, big man depth, even if it's not at Randall, even if it's at the center position, that price is now going up because teams are now going to try to take advantage of you. So that's where you have to really weigh in if you're Leon Rose and William Wesley. What, what's the move? What, what, what can we give up and what's too much to give up? And they still need to add another backcourt piece. Right? McBride's playing better. Grimes is playing better. And it was interesting, you noticed that Josh Hart was the person that handled the ball a little bit more while Deuce was in the game with the backups, with the, with the, with the reserves. And it freed Deuce to hit the shot, hit some threes, and, and be aggressive offensively. 1-800-919-3776. Kansas City has just marched right down the field. They have a 7-0 lead, a 6-0 lead on Baltimore. And uh, a big fourth down play for Kansas City. Mahomes to Kelsey, and once again, Kansas City marching down the field, putting points on the board. Lamar Jackson's got to respond. It's going to be fascinating. We'll keep up with the game and talk to you on the phones next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We'll see how Baltimore responds here. Uh, It's already second and 10, and defensively, they've, They've done the Kansas City's done a pretty good job against the uh, against the run. They just picked up a nine yard gain here on third down. So on second down, so it's now third down. And uh, you know Andrews, that tight end, has been you know for years he was the number one receiver. Now he's <laughs> now he's one of a, a bunch of receivers. And for me, we we'll get to the calls in a second. For me, I think that's been the difference. You know, everybody talks about oh look at the how good he's been in the pocket. Oh, that's a big stop on third down by Kansas City. Oh, look how he's been in the pocket. He's been so great, and and he has been. He's been fabulous this year. People didn't think he could throw, okay? Of course, Baltimore's going for it. Either they're going to go for it or draw him offside. It's going to be interesting. But for me, it's been the adjustment with the receivers that he has that he's been able to spread the field a little bit. And so now it's, uh, you know, it's a scenario where, you know, he's been able to, uh, you know, to, to make some plays. So that's that's why he's been so good in the pocket. And of course, as he just did on that fourth down play, he can use his legs. 1-800-919-3776. Joey's in Staten Island. What's up, Joey? Hey, how's it going? Everything's good, man. What's happening? 
the um, yeah, he couldn't have took Randall out uh, too early because when he got hurt, there was like four minutes left, wasn't there? And well, we were only like so. twelve points. Yeah, exactly. So we couldn't have took about at that time. My second point is when February eighth is coming, <clears throat> if he's out for a significant time, we're gonna have to get somebody tall because it's a small team without him. And I just don't want to get rid of Grimes, whatever you do. I really like this kid. You know, it's funny, Joey. I, I like him too. And I think over the past couple of games, he's been a guy who has started to perform and play better. He seems to be more comfortable. I like the fact, Joey, and thanks for the phone call, that he, over the past couple of games, has been not relying on people getting him the ball, but he's been putting the ball on the floor and making some moves on his own. He hasn't just relied on the three-pointer. He's gone to the basket a little bit. He's pulled up in the lane for some easy shots. So, excuse me, these are the things that I think you're seeing a growth in his game. And this growth, he's allowed to be that way because he's coming off the bench. I don't think he could show that versatility in his game because he, with the starters, because he was a guy, he was the catch-and-shoot guy, Right. Brunson's the first offense, first uh, you know option. Randall's the second option, and then you know there's there's Grimes. So by him coming off the bench, he's able to show a little more versatility in his offense. Um, and it's funny, Ian Begley, who was on the show last week, talked about the fact that Grimes was that type of player in college, and now you should see more of that in the in the and uh, in, in the NBA. And that's what he's shown over the past week or so. So I, I like that. However, Joey, to be honest, his name has come up. Teams are asking the Knicks, according to reporting from Ian Begley, Woj, and some other folks, that you know they're interested in Grimes. They want to know if he's available They because of the fact of his ability to shoot. And obviously, uh, he's pretty good defensively, as long as you're not asking him to guard you know, guys who are – seven inches taller than he is. <laughs> you know, if you're not if you're not asking him to do that, then he's been pretty good as a defender. So uh so obviously because of his age, because of his ability to hit threes, he he he's a person that teams are interested in. And so uh once again you're right as far as as I mentioned earlier what what will the front office do? Do they now have to look for a deal where they get a guard and another big man? Is that what they're looking at? Well, is that what they have to do because of the Randall injury? Obviously, part of that will be decided upon with the, you know, uh, how severe the shoulder is hurt, how severe it's damaged, how long will it take for him to get back? All these things are all part of that decision, right? All these things are, you know, you have to decide that goes into the decision of whether we're going to make a move for a big man, whether we have to do, or whether we're just going to stand pat. But I still believe they have to make a change. They have to get some depth at the uh, point guard position, at the shooting guard position on the bench. I still believe they have to. So now do they have to add a big man to that? That's going to be an interesting equation to see what they do. But all I ask for as a Nick fan is that you don't give up the farm. This front office has done a really good job 
and holding on to the picks. All right. Not giving up too much to get, but understanding that you have to give up something. And that's what they did, obviously, with the quickly and the (laughs) unbelievable play. (laughs) That's an unbelievable play. I'm sorry, just cut me right right up in mid-sentence. Kansas City had Lamar Jackson in the grasp. They had him down. He gets away, and he throws a big-time touchdown to Zay Flowers, and they are point away from tying this game. It's got to be like a it's got to be like a 45-yard touchdown play. Oh, tremendous play. Tremendous play. Point away from being tied at 7. Uh, I'll finish my thoughts and take your phone calls next on 987 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. The Ravens defense off balance. Uh, and there's a graphic that CBS showed a few minutes ago, 12 plays for Kansas City, seven first downs. So they've done, done a, they've done a nice job at staying out of, which you cannot do against this team. They've done a nice job in staying out of second and third and long. So you'll say, Larry, that's with every team. Yeah, it is, but especially a team like this Baltimore Ravens team that's so physical and uh, pay attention to detail the way they do. You don't want to put yourself in that position where they get to send the blitz and do some other things. So it's uh, something to keep an eye on to see if Kansas City is able to be, you know, keep ahead of the sticks, like not stay in these in, in positions where you, there is an obvious passing situation. You know, 1-800-919-3776. Uh, Jose's in Brooklyn. Jose is next on 98.7. Hey, good evening, Larry. Shout out to the company and hello to everyone out there enjoying the football Sunday. As I call this the last game of the season because we all know the Super Bowl becomes, you know, the whole media advertisements and a bunch of people asking dumb questions that have nothing to do with the game. So here is um, a situation, but uh, I came to talk about the Knicks because mm-hmm. you know me, uh, boy, you know, Nick fan through the 90s, so I definitely, you know, am very happy that we beat the Miami Heat, my, you know, but once again, towards the late fourth quarter, we suffer another, you know, injury with, you know, Julius Randle, you know, this time with the separated shoulder, and now I'm just like, I don't want, I'm not here to bang on the, you know, coach because, you know, the record goes without stating. He does, he does like to run his starters into the ground, especially when the excuse is he has no depth. So this is the situation that we're in. But um, my concern is, is now it's the situation that, like, I feel like this injury has kind of put us in that situation because we kind of do. We, we always needed uh, a backup big man to score just in case, the, just in case, for, you know, just in case for the absence of Randall or a bad performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's at the point where I'm just like, I know I like the kids in, in McBride and Grimes and Jericho Sims and all of that, but I didn't like them as much as I did RJ and Emmanuel quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's going to be a little harder for, you know, because if there is a deal, like if you're telling me, you know, for some reason, 
LA decides to, you know, pull out and say, and Atlanta says, Quentin Grimes and Evan Fournier and those two first-round picks are good enough for me for DeJounte Murray. I'm going to take that in a heartbeat because I know that that's going to automatically improve improve our starting five and our bench at the same time. But it's more of, you know, like you said, giving up the rest of the farm just for, you know, a player that is not at that level and, to me, um, when I say I want a you know sec- a better second option, I'm not talking about a player that's even better than Brunson. I'm talking about a player that could somehow e- either be between or kind of you know pretty much approximate you know a, a more efficient you know R.J. Barrett num- offensive numbers to actually you know offset you know the slippage and you know just in case that does come because we all know that players numbers do do fall in the playoffs because we're not going to be scoring 150 points a game right. in the playoffs. It's going to be well, more let me than ask 96, you this, Jose. 90 this That's an interesting yeah. point. Let me ask you this. See, and that's why when I hear, you know, Brogdon, while I respect his game, it doesn't do that much for me. When I hear, uh, you know, the people that I've heard as far as backup now, and even Bruce Brown, I respect Bruce Brown's game. I do. I saw what he did with I saw what he did with the Nets, but I saw how he added some offense when he was with Denver last year. So I respect his game, but to be honest, those guys don't move the needle for me as guys coming off the bench. You know, they exactly. Exactly, and that and that's kind of the whole concern, and that's where I do, you know, agree with Allen because, like, what the market is saying, like, if Dejounte Murray is, you know, getting that high price for just, you know, the Lakers and a couple of teams that are interested, I can only imagine, you know, like the Bruce Browns and the Brogdon's and the, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson's who I've also heard, and um, mm-hmm. and that and that's kind of why, you know. We, we keep hearing the name Alex Burke because oh, God, he's the no. only guy that would cost, you know, two, like yeah. two second round picks. And, you know, it won't, you know, it won't really, it will be more of a cost effectiveness. And it, 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 it's kind of a situation that they're in right now because there's so many desperate teams like the Lakers mm-hmm. who are willing to pretty much, you know, hand over their future because of the fact that they have LeBron James for what, the next two, three years, maybe if that, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, you know, where the market is and it sucks. Um, but this is kind of why we pay, you know, the GMs and the team presidents, the big bucks that they get paid because they're the ones that are supposed to be the ones and the people in power to somehow find those, find, find those smart deals and find those, you know, players that we never heard of and et cetera to plug into those places. And, you know, and the coach ends up looking like a genius and the GMs end up looking <laughs> like a genius and everything like that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what they get paid for. And this is where it's going to, you know, where, where, where if Leon Rose does a surprise deal that makes us go like, what the heck was that? And then all of a sudden we end up in the, we, we, we end up in the Eastern conference finals. He's going to get that. <laughs> you know, great greatness moniker added to him. So hopefully that happens, but we'll see because uh, I'm just more concerned with, you know, how, what, what, what's the deal next and, if yeah. it, and, and yeah. how much are we going to give in that next deal? Absolutely. So thank Jose. you for letting me talk. Have a great no problem. Larry. Thanks for the phone call. Absolutely. That, that's your thought process. Your thought process right now is what's going on with Randall. How long is he going to be out? And that determines what the next move is, what the, that the Knicks have to make for the trade deadline. And I agree with you. And I think that the Knicks will make that move. If they have a chance to get Murray, they're not going to say, well, no, we're going to keep Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes. It's not what they're going to say. They're gonna, they'll take the upgrade. They will take the upgrade. All right? And they will put 
Um, they will put, you know, Murray in the starting lineup. They'll put, uh, you know, DiVincenzo back on the bench. And, you know, he'll be, that'll make them that much deeper score-wise. Okay? And that's what, that's why you have, that's why you draft, right? And sure, there are going to be players that you look at and say, okay, these players will take us to the next level. But as players get better, that's what you do. You take those players and mortgage them to get players who are even better. Right? That's what you do. That's the job of a GM. That's why the draft is so important. I don't care what the sport is. Okay? I don't care what the sport is. That's why the draft is so important. Because you have assets that you can move and make better. Okay? You have assets. And fortunately, through all those bad years that the Knicks have and the players that they got that they didn't work well, like Porzingis, okay, they were able to parlay that. And, yeah, we, we went crazy at that time. What are you doing trading Porzingis? What is going on? Why all these draft picks for to win in what year? We need to get better now. Well, that year is here. <laughs> Right. All those years ago that they were talking about Porzingis, that year is now here. That you can go ahead and do what you need to do to try to get better. And that's what Leon Rose has got to do. That's his job. And so now the question becomes, once again, what's the best move for this team where you don't get taken? Because teams understand that you're in a vulnerable situation right now. They do. They know. They need the big man. Oh, well, listen, nah, you know, um, you can throw some other people in there. Listen, the Knicks are dying to throw in Evan Fournier's contract. <laughs> dying. <laughs> Wishing and hoping <laughs> that they could finally get that contract and an extra roster spot and turn that into something. That's what they're working on. And so you just have to have faith. And I think over the past two seasons, what Leon Rose and World Wide West and the crew have done has improved the team. Last trading deadline last year, it was Josh Hart. Okay? This year, before the trading deadline, you were able to get OG Ananobi and Precious Achua. And, some, and listen, it cost you. All right, Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett, it cost you. This was it's not like backup players you gave up here. And as I was reminded, I was trying to figure out who said it, it was Chris from Manhattan who calls. My, my avid jet draft guy always said, Yeah, it's gotta hurt. That hurts. You wouldn't be worried about your bench right now. If IQ was here, you wouldn't be worried. You wouldn't be worried as much in the starting situation that RJ Barrett was still here. But you knew you had to get bigger up front once you moved Obi Toppin and didn't get any hype in, re in return for him. So you've been at a deficit depth-wise in the front court. So you had to make a move. OG Ananobi helps you, but you still need another big that you can depend on. 
especially with Mitchell Robinson out, especially with Hartenstein having just come off an injury, you still needed more depth in the front court. So there's still more work to do. Patrick Mahomes, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes choked up over Patrick Mahomes. He's done a nice job on this drive. <clears throat> He's uh, extended some plays, made a great catch on third, a great throw on third down to Travis Kelsey, eluding the Baltimore defense. He's just picked up a first down here on first and goal. And, um, you know, he's looking to uh, looking to get this team back into the end zone. <clears throat> the interesting thing here is they've had the ball almost 12 minutes of this first half. And while Baltimore, you know, they struck fast, they kind of it's kind of reversed, right? They, they've struck Baltimore's kind of been like what you figure Kansas City's offense to be like big play offense. Boom, we go right down the field, a couple of plays, boom, they were in the touchdown. But what Kansas City's done is they've kind of, you know, marched methodically down the field on, especially during this drive. They've done a real nice job in uh, keeping that Baltimore defense on the field. So we'll see if that pays off for them later as, uh, you know, Pacheco gets into the end zone. So now Kansas City up 13-7. Point after, upcoming. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. Your chance to get your box for the big game. All qualifiers will get a $25 Fanatics gift card and a chance at one of 10 Superbox prizes. Listen mornings to DiPietro and Rothenberg and afternoons to Bart and Hahn and, of course, the Michael K. Show. This year's big game payouts are $500 in the first and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, and a final score payout of $2,000. It's all brought to you by our friends at Telemore Dew Iris Whiskey and the brand-new Telemore Dew Honey and Security God. Security Dodge. Come get some. For full contest details, go to superboxbonanza.com. 1-800-919-3776. Brian Lewis will join us at the top of the hour. We'll uh, you know, keep an eye out on the game, but we'll talk about the Brooklyn Nets and some of the things that they're going through and going to do as we approach the trade deadline. But right now we talk to Rob and Merrick. Rob is next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Oh, you echoed my sentiments about an hour or so ago. It was just the engine was humming, everything was going along smooth, and then, and even my optimism is shaking a little bit. So before this happens, I think you know you, you guys were right. We needed a little scoring. Uh, maybe Deuce McBride doesn't really distribute the ball that great. We needed an upgrade there. But now I think if my question to you is, what will it take to get Jeremy Grant? Talk about filling needs. Scoring, rebounding, defense. He's a Thibodeau kind of a guy. What would we need to give up to get him? You know, I got to tell you something, Rob. Um, thanks for the phone call. I have always liked Jeremy Grant's game. I've always liked his game. Uh, he's got length. He's got size. He can score for you. Uh, he can rebound. He's a, he's a, he's a really good player. And I thought I saw somewhere where there was a a, 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 a rumor that he was being packaged um, because they wanted to kind of get out from under his contract. So I'm not really sure. Probably from a contractual standpoint, I would think clearly Fournier's contract would have to be involved. And, you know, you probably have to give up some young players and some draft choices. 
you know, so I think he is a guy that um, if you if you were going down that road, that would be available. But he's a guy that he's a starter. So I don't know if you're going to put in the assets that it would take to bring a Jeremy Grant here to bring to have him come off the bench. You know, I don't know that that is, is the way to go. OK, I don't know. I don't know. Great play by Chris Jones, who just uh, snuck up behind Lamar Jackson, knocked the ball out of his hands, and now Kansas City has the ball in uh, Baltimore territory. So that's a big play. So um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if I would make that move because, like I said, I, for that money to bring him off the bench, that's – I'm sorry, it wasn't Chris Jones, by the way, that made that play. Um, I wouldn't have done that. I don't know that I would do that. You know, I know what you're saying, and, yes, he is that type of player – that you're looking for, but once again, he's a starter. If I'm going to make that move for a starter, then I'm trying to get into the G, the uh, Dejounte Dejounte Murray contest. Okay, that's where I want to go. I want to get Murray from Atlanta. All right, I'm I'm willing to put him in my rotation, and I can find or get another player off the bench to add depth to my front court. Okay, because I expect remember I'm invested in Randall. I'm not looking to replace Randall. And I think Jeremy Grant would be more of a replacement for Randall in my mind as opposed to playing behind Randall. Because the amount of money, I'm not paying him that amount of money to be coming off the bench. I'm paying him that money to be a starter. All right, so I, I don't know that I would make that move. Love his game, though. You and I are on the same page about his game. I love his game. Really do. And have for a while. And yeah, he's a tips type guy, physical player, but uh, no, I'm, I'm not making that move for that. I'm not making that move to put him on the bench. But the Knicks are going to have to look for some. De- and let's be honest, they've been looking at depth for the front court ever since Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson went down. It's just the fact that Hartenstein has been so good and has been so productive that you kind of you know you you've been. Hey, we've got him. We got a chua. We got Sims. We're good. We're good in the front court. It wasn't until Hartenstein went down. You're like, uh oh, wait, whoa, we got some issues here. Wait a minute, whoa, whoa, what's going on? We need to upgrade and quickly. You know, we need some more depth. But once again, this was an issue that they had previously. You know. Thank you, Julian. Or menu with the sack and fumble. For Kansas City, that uh, you know, turnovers are big in these games, man. It, okay, turnovers are big in these games, and if Kansas City can find a way to put points, preferably seven, not three, um, it's going to be a major factor. It, it helps. It puts more pressure because here's what you want to do now. You're on the road. You respect, and you know that the Baltimore is going to come back. This game is not over. You understand that. You understand that as well as your defense plays, Lamar Jackson gets in the rhythm or starts to move out, use his legs and extend plays. He's already burned you with an extension of a play. You understand that, you know, you want as many points on the board against this caliber of opponent as possible because momentum changes on a dime. All right? And this is still... Yes, you've been able to move the football. This is still a very, very talented Baltimore Ravens defense and offense, as they showed you. But once again, I really 
have been impressed with the way that Kansas City has been able to move the ball. I mean, their last possession where they scored the touchdown epitomizes the name of this show, The Drive. 16 plays and 75 yards? I mean, that's keeping the defense, that's keeping the Baltimore defense on the field a lot, okay? That's a seven-minute drive. That's a lot of drive. That's a lot of minutes to be pushed and pulled and tackled. And you wonder if late in the game when you go to the run, does that affect them? Because once again, they play physical. And and the key so far has been Kansas City's ability to keep things third and short. Just like on the last play, they got the first down. That was a third and one play. They've been everything has been third and manageable. For the most part. There have been a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, it's been third and manageable. And so that's what you that's what you have to do against a very very good defense like the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, for Ranger fans, this has not been good news. Philip uh, Hedo has been out uh, for most of the season. A couple of days ago, he went down during the morning skate of a Ranger game, and now we just find out that he is out for the season. So Philip Hedo out for the season for the Rangers. That's very tough because they were expecting some positive things. He had the concussion. They were expecting some positive things. He had seemed to rebound. It looked like he might be able to come back. You could possibly look for a date now where he could come back. Um, you know, but now his not being available for the rest of the season is a, it's a factor on this Rangers team that over the past couple of weeks has not been playing the way they've played previously. A lot of conversations about, uh, you know, what's going on with the Rangers. Is uh, Igor Shosturkin has not been the Igor Shosturkin that we've seen previously. Uh, so there's been conversations about that. But part of that, and listen, I'm not saying I haven't been focused on the Rangers, to be quite honest with you. In the games I've seen, yes, he has not been the Igor that they went on the deep run with a couple of seasons ago. But also, the defense in front of him has not been great either. It's been spotty. It hasn't been as good as it was early in the season. They've taken a little step back. So, you know, I'm sure the coaching staff will get together and they'll turn things around. But Philip Heedle out for the season for the Rangers. At the top of the hour, we'll turn our attention to the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Brian Lewis will join me to talk about them. Does a great job covering the Nets for the uh, New York Post. They've been quite an enigma for me because, listen, do you expect a, a, a big playoff run from them? No. Uh, obviously, they keep trying to overcome the Ben Simmons, you know, situation. Is he available? Is he not available? Brian will update that, uh, update us with that. There was some thought that he would be available tomorrow night. We'll see if that's still the case. But really, I thought Jacques Vaughn had done a really good job with this team. I thought he'd done a great job with them. And then they went on this losing streak and this inability for them to be able to, you know, uh, put teams away and finish strong in the fourth quarter. So we'll see if the, what changes there, what changes with uh, personnel-wise as that trade deadline gets closer and closer. Once again, 
Kansas City in the third and short situation as they have the opportunity to try to add some points in the end zone. We'll update you on what the score is with that when we return. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. 